good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever and whenever you are tuning into today's podcast. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Jelma Van Ast, the founder and CEO of Conference Compass, a company that has been serving the industry for over a decade with event technology. Um, today's topic is going to be community. In fact, one community and Jelma and Conference Compass's vision for what live, virtual and hybrid events might look like to us over the coming years. But before we get onto that, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everybody. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. And I'm yeah, I'm excited to, to be here, Adam. Uh, I'm Yelmer, as you introduced. And uh, as you said, I'm the founder CEO of Conference Compass. Uh, yeah, we've started this company 10 years ago um, after being... I've been researcher myself, uh, attending conferences, speaking at conferences, and we felt at that time that and that was 12 years ago when we started to first try out some prototypes of what were, you know, ultimately became our company. Is that conferences could be so much more engaging than they were, in terms of person versus like attendee versus speaker engagement, so in room engagement between speakers between um, the audience themselves also with exhibitors and also the whole engagement towards the organization the way community communication is is being done and the way data is being collected and being used to optimize the the experience and it was at that time when i was having my sony ericsson phone my co-founder at the time had a nokia phone i think he his phone was a little bit more fancy had gps than mine but there were no iphones yet i think the iphone was introduced in 2007 but it was only in the united states we were in the netherlands um uh, so we started building a Java mobile app and gave it to a couple of our colleagues, okay. preloaded it with the conference program that we sort of scraped from the internet. It was a, a conference uh, on, on control engineering. Our subject was both in control science, like very technical. And uh, we just gave it to a couple of people. Every day we had to give them a new version with the, the program of the next day. It had a very simple floor plan, but it worked great. And it was the first, I guess, um, validation that we were onto something that actually there's so much we could do with technology and mobile technology in particular to improve the conference. And that's where we started. And yeah, that's turned into a business, a pretty serious business uh, until now. A pioneer, if I would say so myself, because it sounds like you really got started or you saw how technology could really transform what we do around engagement for events right at the time that my interest was peaked as well. Because for me, event technology kind of before that was, you know, screens and AV and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we, we seem to be so old and antiquated in the way that we approach these things from an event production and event planning point of view. It was like Excel spreadsheets and like you say, printed agendas and, you know, no information. Flipovers with the daily changes to the program. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I mean, some people still love that, right? I mean, even I, I'm sure there are still event attendees that go to an event and be like, oh, just give me a, just give me a printed brochure. But from an organization point of view, especially now, 10 years on from where you first started, the value that we can gain as a sector out of providing our attendees those those technologies to engage with to make to 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 plan their event to plan their agenda to engage with other attendees especially right now where we can't meet physically has never been more valuable right it's it's like it's an absolute necessity now for our sector to use technology 
that said, in a way, it was always our struggle to convince our clients, our prospects, if you like, to that this 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 was something our product was something they would need. Now, at the very beginning, it was clearly a nice to have. They, you know, were used to their old ways of doing it. They didn't really see the value. We had to also had to find out what our, you know, value proposition was. Was it to make the event more sustainable? Was it to make it more effective? Was it what was it? Was it to increase business? But we were focusing mostly on congresses where knowledge knowledge exchange was taking place. Yeah. And I think we maybe part of our efforts, but I think the industry as a whole uncovered that perhaps the ultimate objective that a conference organizer uh, had was never really that well, um, let's say, delivered upon. So mm -hmm. conferences in particular are about knowledge exchange and, and about um, sharing the latest of your research, getting early feedback from your peers much earlier than you would get when you publish a journal, which takes an average uh, twice or three times as long. And, and I think no one ever measured how effective they were. So they were fine just letting it the way be the way it is. So, so that's, that, that was 10 years ago. So at some point, the whole event app market sort of boomed and it was clear that it was a must have and it became more of a why us than why the product. Um, but it still, I think, was always a addition and maybe after all, still a nice to have. Now it's a mission critical technology, not, not just the mobile app, but the, the mobile app is an interface, but the platform, the platform of audience engagement around any event. And in our case, very much focused on, let's say the larger events, conferences, uh, but also other types of events, business events, where you have just have multiple things happening in parallel in a program that allows you to choose what to do with not just plenary and parallel talks, but with an industry component, with a networking component uh, and, and all of that. And we're now with our platform, a venue, right? So you can't mm -hmm. meet in person uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a conference center, at a hotel. You'd have to meet online. So all of a sudden in the last six months, we've turned from an enabler of interaction into the platform where interaction just takes place. And without the platform, there's no interaction, there's no event. So there's a dramatic change for us and also in the way we basically everything we do in our company is different now let me ask you this then you know um what's it like being conference compass right now amidst i guess rapid expansion rapid rapid need you know increasing need for technology from the industry like as a company like how has it been over the last eight months for you in order to try and help support and also obviously capture that business that's out there in the market at the moment right one big roller coaster in so many ways um and in i would say beginning of this year i felt we were a scale-up now i think we're a startup uh at the beginning i felt we did everything we knew we knew everything there was to know we knew which buttons to dial to make our service better and our revenue and do more you know, basically know how to grow the company. That's when you know you're entering the scale-up phase, when you have knowledge about all those things. And then everything changed. We no longer uh, understood, to be honest, what our really our position, our place was here, if, if there even was still an industry. Uh, we had to figure it all out again. And I think we did 
pretty well. I think we've made many mistakes, but we pretty well from a cultural level. We were always a company where continuous learning and being honest about what you see and look at the data and, and talk about it. Um, um, that helped us to go out immediately, talk to our clients, find out how we could help them. And in some, time, in some cases, it was deliver our product in a different way, which we mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm to still allow, enable them to have their conferences, let's say in, in May, June, when the crisis was, was just starting uh, with some changes to our platform, but basically the platform as it was. And in some cases it was about helping our clients just put the product on, pro project on hold and allowing them to also perhaps in, in many cases with our uh, involvement, find out when and in what form to make their event take place. And, and that was an, obviously also a massive impact to our revenue because, you know, we're not going to invoice clients for something that was not taking place. Yeah. I mean, that's not the way we felt we should deal with our, with our clients. We were in for the long run and we felt that the long run means now we're all going through this massive crisis. But it did allow us to talk to those clients and learn early on about things that we needed to do. Um, and then, I mean, you asked me what it, what it what is it like to be a, a conference compass and an event technology company in this in this time? Well, it, it's about also dealing with the situation and with the people you're working with. That's one part. So aside from the technology, it's about people, my internal staff and our customers. Mm -hmm. But it's also, of course, and now we talk about technology, about realizing very quickly that this crisis was not going to be over in a few months. We had some of our clients postponing their events from March or April to July. And we felt like, well, that would be great. Some postponed it to September. Yeah. But maybe it took us a week to realize, okay, let's assume this crisis will be over. And by that, I mean that live events, physical events would start of the size of the conferences we, we deal with would be possible at the end of 2021 instead of after the summer 2020. And that mindset changed how we thought about our product. And we realized, okay, so event app is not really going to cut it for yeah. a virtual event. We, the app, people think about the app as a mobile app. The app is a web app as well. So we were focusing most of our development on the web app side. We were bringing it up to speed with all the great functionalities that we have in the, in the mobile app regarding networking, connecting with each other. And we've introduced live streaming. Mm -hmm. We could always connect to, um, to third-party solutions, we like straight from those events we helped getting online in in, in June. We were integrating with uh, sometimes with Zoom or with other um, existing sort of streaming platforms. That was easy. Our platform was always built for that. For instance, to watch the webcast after the event. But we immediately understood that we have to build in our own live streaming, sort of integrated as a one all-in-one platform because. We, the, maybe the first thing we realized is that for our clients, everything was different too. Yeah. And that all of a sudden they had such a massive workload just to figure out, plan, I mean, turn their event around. And that the last thing they would want to do is to go and copy paste between different systems to make something mm -hmm. batch together work for their event. So that's what we ended up building, a platform that connects um, engagement, content, people, the industry, sponsors, exhibitors into one platform that's easy to use for our clients to set up virtual rooms with a click of a button to invite speakers and, and moderators and hosts and the attendees into those rooms with a click of a button 
uh, integrated with their tools as we've always done from registration to abstract management to, uh, to single sign-on. And, and that's now being used by so many conferences. So yep. a I roller coaster, <laughs> come back <laughs> to that. We, we call it the Corona coaster here at Event Industry News. Right. We, we've dubbed it um, just, just to, I guess, lighten the mood. There's so much in there that I'd love to pick up on a couple of points. You know, I think going down the route of providing a integrated streaming solution is a great way to support your customers because I know there has been so many individuals, organizers contact me and kind of go, oh, well, I thought I was buying this, but actually what I was doing was I was buying the container and then I was told that I needed to go off and do this X, Y, and Z. So it's great to see you're supporting that. But also at the still at the same time giving that flexibility for a customer that if they have, you know, if they're fully into Zoom or they may have firewalls and they need another system or something like that, that you can support that. So that's great. But there was two key things there that you said that I think is really important to highlight. For me, it sounded very much like you became a partner and almost a consultant to your customers in helping them transition from physical to online and possibly back to a hybrid world. And I think that's really important to, to highlight that because let's be honest about it, as a, as a whole, the sector was probably presented in March with, okay, now you can't do what you used to do. You have to, so they had to relearn, they had to upskill, they had to rapidly adopt technology, which is very difficult, especially with maybe some short deadlines. You know, it's you can't necessarily, you can postpone an event. That clearly can happen. But for some, that's not an option. So they, they have to learn technology and learn production and, and, and almost be like TV presenters and TV producers and, and technology specialists in a very, very short period of time. So would you agree with that? Would you, do you, would you say that you became almost a partner and a consultant to, to many organizers out there to help them kind of transition through that, that period? Definitely, definitely, um, on so many levels. So uh, some of the conversations I have are very strategic uh, mm -hmm. with, 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 with our clients or with, with prospects uh, to think about the different formats of events and the way technology can help and what the ultimate objectives are. And so it's yeah. also share a vision about the benefits. But our, my staff, what we call our customer success managers, who also have developed over the years a very effective way of, of working with our clients, now also had to relearn and discovered along the along the way that they were like event planners themselves. Yeah. Because our clients who are event planners, they uh, also had, well, they had an idea definitely, but they had so many questions as well. So we indeed became partners on an event planner uh, uh, level. And you know what? It it turned out when I thought about it that half of our staff had an event planner background. Yeah. Like we hired those people because they understood our um, industry or the context. We, they understood, they understood the, 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 the sort of the, the, the kind of work our clients were going through and, and what's involved to, to, to organize an event. So they were always great in helping our customers. But right now this became this crucial sort of almost game changer skill that they so happened to have. And it was fantastic. And they loved it as well. I mean, they were happy that they weren't event planners themselves because it's, I think it's the most stressful job. It always was, and now it's even more. But uh, and it's and it's stressful here. We can talk about that as well if you'd like. But it's 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 stressful, uh, but in a productive way. We yeah. deliver on 
with our clients on beautiful moments. And you see the kind of emotion that we hear and get from our clients is so different than before. <laughs> now it's like sometimes the champagne just uncorks and the client is crying from joy that this event was a success. And we never got that level of emotion in working with our client. And that's, yeah. I think, telling a big story. Well, I think I think that's a testament to obviously how you as a company and how the individuals within your company are supporting those customers. Let's be honest about it. Emotion comes from relationship, but also from the the fact that with without a company like yourself, there is no real other option right now. Like the governments around the world, travel restrictions, venues not being able to open and things like that. There is no real other option. And I've I've seen it so many times that when companies try and approach technology and deliver it for themselves without the support of the company or the individuals within that, it's it's a mammoth task. It, it becomes really overly stressful and, and really hard to deliver. But I keep saying that the way that I would love our sector to move from a technology standpoint is to deliver software and a service. Because I think that's really important, and I, I, I think I think the industry is willing to pay for that as well. You know, we, we as organisers, we pay for service and and specialism on live events. That's that's how an organiser puts it together. You know, when we put Event Tech Live together, there is a small team at the top, but then there are all these other partners underneath that have their specialisms and deliver that for us and take care of that for us. And, and event technology should be should be no different. Um, so I think people really appreciate when when companies like yourself put the infrastructure, put the manpower in behind. Again, I hear so many people say that from a from a delivery point of view, it's it's actually quite frustrating when they can't get the support or the response or the service that they they, they want. And and that I think will be a big differentiator when it comes to coming, let's say, back to live as well. Who who will they be the companies that those partnerships continue long term versus companies who were like okay well that that served the purpose for now we're going to go back to live because that was that was horrendous do you know what i mean it's it's like i think that's going to be a real testament to, to to companies like yourself going forward i'd like to ask you just one more question on on the moment and then we'll move on to kind of like what's coming the community side of things what would you say as a founder and ceo of, of an event technology company was your biggest learning that from this last sort of eight months or so what what is there is there anything that kind of pops into your head that's like yes you know actually this wasn't really apparent before the pandemic but now this is something that's kind of top of mind for, for you as a ceo putting you on the spot <laughs> yeah let me say let me say this i think i've realized and it's reinforced to me that every time there is a crisis, the best way out is by investing your way out of it. So we've, okay. uh, I think we've made the right move in, um, in, in March to not sit it out, but to realize, all right, so now for I don't know how long we're going to go through this dip in revenue because our revenue is tied to events taking place. Mm. Um, but the way out is to hire more staff uh, deliver, build a product, build out our product. We didn't build anything from scratch. We just build it out from what we already have. In a way, it was an accelerator to many of the things we were already hoping to do, but I think never felt the urgency to. 
-hmm. or maybe sometimes in some cases in a, in a way became complacent too that it was fine the way it was and that sort of crisis became for us a well a wake-up call or or an urgency and that fueled the whole company i think everything everyone became so excited about this sort of re this renewed mission and that ties into i think the the uh, having a strong vision or i should say a strong confidence that this is not the end of events this was never the end of events this is uh events were are here to stay because events are about people connecting and that's just never going to go away but it's about a different way of making that happen and there were there are de definitely downsides to meeting and having your event online rather than in person but there are so many upsides as well and the future is hybrid everybody says that we say it we've said it um but the future is hybrid in a sense of we can have the opportunity now to get the best of both worlds moving forward in using in person and online to deliver on the objective the ultimate objective creating valuable moments making knowledge sharing very effective and inspiring to do business in a way that is human and connects people uh, and all of that with experiences um, provide also some joy to people's lives i think that's incredible about events and i see massive opportunities moving forward I'd absolutely agree with you, you know, um, having had my own experience now of delivering a virtual event and obviously having delivered physical events, they, they're both special in their own way and they both have their own place. And in, in some cases, the overlapping of those two types of event um, will will produce something that's much, much more valuable overall to both the, the organiser, but also the community, the attendees. What's really interesting for me is that many events tend to take place like maybe once a year, maybe even biannually, they, they take place every two years or more. Um, with a community that is often very much global, but then the event takes place very much in the same place every single time. And that produces, for me, a less engaged event having looked back, look, looking back on it, because not everybody has the ability to travel to a destination from outside of that country or from outside of that region year on year to spend two, three, five days, depending on travel and how you need to do it. But absolutely will get value from engaging with that content, with the community, meeting up with people. So for me now, I can't really see a transition back to a pure play physical event. Maybe there will be. Um, maybe there will be certain outliers that that shy away from doing online because they 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 want they see it as something special just to have the face to face element of it. But from a but from a from somebody who has a community themselves, for me now, virtual provides me with an opportunity to do things in certain regions and bring a community together around a, a niche or a topic in that region. It allows me to have multiple opportunities to touch base with my community and keep them engaged 365 days a year, rather than going quiet on them for 11 months and then going, hey, registration's open, let's come back to the event, please. And going back to your original point, that it, it offers much more sustainable way to produce certain events that might not have made, necessarily made sense to to hold physically. Maybe it's for a smaller or a smaller group of people. Maybe it's for 
a, a round table that you just need in that one moment, but to hire a venue and bring everybody together is is very costly, not only to the to the um to the world in terms of impact, but also to those individuals and businesses that are trying to support that that conversation. You know, everybody traveling to a venue for, for half a day costs money. It, it it just does. So I think there's so many things that virtual and hybrid events will present to us as a much more robust and better ecosystem for the events industry it will it will allow us to provide much much more value to our sectors that we serve versus maybe what we what we did before that means healthier event technology companies because that means more business right it means growth for you guys and just back to your point mate i must admit you know as 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 the owner of a business um going through that position of going right not only are we going to try and help our current customers we're going to recruit we're going to expand we're going to develop like i can only imagine what it's been like for you for the last eight months as a ceo trying to balance all of those plays in in, in one go so so congratulations on that what what do you think then let's let's talk about what's going to happen going into 2021 um interestingly there was a report out yesterday by Globex, which is um, AMR, research company, for the events industry. And it's predicting that by 2022, um, we will see the same levels of events as 2019, but only by 80%. So that suggests to us that at least very much now, virtual is is here to stay, probably for the for maybe for the next six months or so, uh, at least, and then it's going to be a gradual growth back into to physical. But from a technology standpoint, from a from a from a business owner standpoint, what do you think live virtual and hybrid events will look like over the coming years? How do you think they'll play out in terms of formats and things? Good question. Um, so. I think the last six months or eight months was a chance, let's put it like that, for, for event planners to experiment with virtual. Mm -hmm. I think the next, I mean, realistically, the next six months will pro perhaps not be different, but the eight months after will be a chance to experiment with hybrid. Mm. Discovering what virtual men means and meant in the last uh, period, and we're in the midst of it, and discovering what hybrid means is, I think, some opportunity an opportunity that everybody in this industry needs to grasp and not shy away from because it's experimenting nobody really knows what this is everybody talks about hybrid and some people talk about we've been doing hybrids for many years let's not say that let's let's not pretend we know what it is i have some ideas but we're gonna find out so hybrid for me can mean multi-hub for instance so you have an event taking place in different locations smaller locations connected together plus audience joining from their homes hybrid could also mean having the old format of a of a one venue where things take place where everybody is able to see all the sessions remotely and some of the speakers are joining remotely while some mm -hmm. of some of the speakers are are in person and that's speakers versus attendees but the same applies to attendees versus attendees exhibitors versus like companies versus attendees and all these connections and that all of that means catering for all the combinations of people the different kind types of, of, of participants joining online and in person it could also be hybrid in the sense of duration 
the event, almost by the definition of the word, is a moment in time. Mm -hmm. And it was always a moment in place. But if it's online, it's perhaps no longer a moment in place, but still a moment in time. Three days of a program, um, buy a ticket, uh, book your calendar, no other meetings, you're just going to be there. But that makes sense for a physical event because you have to book your venue and you have to get your staff in order. But that doesn't necessarily make sense for an online event. So, um, and then talking about hybrid, that could very well turn into you have a moment in time and place where you can, if you'd like to, go, but you could also join online. But the whole experience becomes much more, let's say, spread out over the year. Maybe that's not the right word, but it's a continuation. It starts before it continues after, and it connects between the different events that an that a event organizer or community owner builds. And then we really can start talking about a community, not just an event community, those attendees who were there, but like-minded people who for their own reasons choose to go to that event, but for the same reasons want to be connected around that subject with those people, with those exhibitors, with that organizer throughout the year. And I think ultimately that's what an event owner, let's call a person, like the company event owner has. It has, um, it has a ability to bring people together around a certain mindset traditionally at a, at, a, at a live event, but in different ways in the future. So I think hybrid is, can be all these kind of things. Mm. And it all boils down for me to uh, community. And by community, I mean like-minded people who just want to advance in whatever they are. If they're medical professionals, scientists, or business owners like you and me, or, or entrepreneurs, and you want to advance in your field, and that's where you want to meet people within that community. Not necessarily all like-minded people, but people that can challenge you and that are yeah. equally engaged with that subject. And, and that's what the future is. And definitely technology is crucial there because it's not just about meeting face-to-face -face and exchanging a business card and maybe our apps helping you to do that more effectively. No, it's about having um, almost like the technology be there, but be out of the way at the same time, really enabling you to achieve that objective. With doesn't matter if it's mobile, doesn't matter if it's a, a web-based platform, but it, it's, it enables you to, to reach those objectives. I hope that makes Abs sense. Absolutely, man. And I agree with so many points there. You know, my mind has shifted. Um, I agree with all of the different types of what hybrid event can be. In fact, I'm, I'm having many conversations at the moment with a hybrid event might be an overarching kind of pinnacle event, but the hybrid element comes to it from delivering um, throughout the year virtual or digital events that bring that community together. And overall, that is a hybrid event portfolio. Um, it's actually really challenging. I think it's going to be really challenging for many smaller to medium-sized organisers to actually produce both at the same time because you need twice the amount of people. Um, there's twice of the amount of things to to kind of take a look at. Um, and, and that's coming from my own experience as well, you know, out of the back end of what we delivered in November for Event Tech Live, it was very clear that if we were all on site, we would need twice the amount of people to produce both sides of things. So it's be interesting to see if what people, I think on the whole, are thinking of a hybrid event is 
when their physical event comes back, also doing a, a, a full virtual event on top of it. I'm sure some people will do that and, and, and pull it off really, really well, especially let's say mega events like Money 2020 or Mobile World Congress. And, you know, they, they've got the bandwidth to be able to produce that. But for a smaller, medium-sized organizer, a conference of say maybe three or 5,000 or, you know, a smaller exhibition and stuff, that could be really challenging. And that's why I think hybrid will mean many different things, like you said, to many different people. And, you you know, when somebody says, I'm a hybrid event producer, you'll have to kind of dig into that. Well, what, what does hybrid mean to you? How does that how does that look? But again, the amazing thing about that is it will produce new strategies and new ways of doing business and new ways of bringing those communities together. So I, again, I think I'll, we'll see an explosion in the industry of, of new formats and new ways of communities bringing together. But more importantly, I think my mindset's changed in, are you an event organizer or should you be an event organizer in the future or should you be a curator of a community? And the, the events are what brings that community together in moments in time, like, like you said before, because for me, there's a massive opportunity for, you know, event organizers to protect their business going forward, to expand their opportunities, to facilitate and provide more value to those people that they bring together at those events throughout the year. Virtual events will play a part in that, but so will content, podcasts, you know, maybe learning, you know, it, it would be, I, I, it would be very easy in my mind to use an event technology to produce a educational day or an educational course of content and deliver that to your community as a way for them to advance their knowledge, like you said, or, or improve themselves. Maybe it's a, a research piece and then they bring people together on a round table to discuss that research piece and moving, let's say, the, the uh, cure to coronavirus forward or the cure to cancer and things like that. Like, to me, that brings so much more value as a, as a business owner for me to start thinking about how can I help my community? How can I help or how can I cultivate and curate a community and allow that community also to develop itself over the course of the years? And I think there's, there's many ways to, to divide that up. Do you think this is a hard question to answer and I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot to, to kind of pigeonhole yourself? But do you think in the future we'll, you'll think of yourself as an event technology company or as a community? technology provider uh, definitely community technology provider yeah. but we've always said that we believe in uh, events being sort of the mechanism of bonding a community mm. i mean we don't want to be a, a social network which is also a yeah. community platform we believe in the in the face-to-face -face meetings but face-to-face -face can be online as well it's about bringing people together and enabling them to have valuable moments mm. whether it's about content exchange learning business or or having fun exciting new connections that could result in new you know maybe job opportunities or, or anything so we believe in that mechanism of events in driving the community so though that is going to always be core to what we do and it's also about understanding those different markets or verticals or like parts of the industry and how that works out for them for instance in the scientific conferences community it's the, the obviously the knowledge sharing part is is amazingly crucial mm -hmm. but it's also part of the journey of a let's say a scientist to um to not just I mean, it's not about just presenting at the conference and that's it now it's your journey of 
developing your science and your 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 results and um, and the journal is another part of it and that the whole online sort of connections to fuel and drive your research are crucial to that so i think and what i really think our company or the place of our company should be is the enabler of those moments but very well connected in terms of technology to all those different other parts of the journey of such a uh, uh, well i don't want to call it attendee community mm -hmm. member mm -hmm. who's an attendee in an event and just him or herself the rest of the of the year whatever he or she is doing and so we will know our place which is the enabler of engagement between people making sure we are connected our platform is connected to these other touch points so what do you think are going to be our industry's biggest challenges to move to that kind of vision over the coming years? Where do you think the challenges lie? Did they, and I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but some are saying the challenges might lie in initially in recruitment and, and people within that you can bring into those businesses, both as event organizers or maybe as event technology companies to help support that that shift or that growth into into that vision. Others are saying over the next couple of years, it's, it may be budget that's the, the challenge because although they want to invest as businesses, they may struggle at the moment to justify maybe as a business they're making redundancies or their industry's slightly um, been hit harder by the coronavirus. Do you agree with those or are there other challenges that you think our industry will face? And if, if so, like, do you have any ideas how we might be able to overcome those challenges? Yeah, I think the the main challenge is perhaps um, will our industry be able to learn quickly enough? Because I think notoriously our industry is not the fastest learner mm. in the classroom. Uh, we are we as the industry, I think, is always happy with the way things are, and to. You know, not change a winning team. You your event was a success last year, so let's just do it again. Yeah. And then, and since the sort of the time frame is annual, before you know it, years have passed and not much has changed. Yeah. Like the cycles are very, the time frame is very long. You don't do fast cycles. Now we are all forced to learn, right? So that that's the opportunity. So we are forced, without us perhaps even wanting this in the first place, to to look, hear, talk discover, implement, experiment, fail as well, do things mm -hmm. wrong, mm -hmm. and then and then learn what it, yeah, how, how, what the meaningful way of changing is. I think that's ultimately, if we look back in a couple of years, we'll look back and say, well, this was fantastic because, you know, the industry was shaken up, sort of awake, discovered that they can no longer rely on people flying and, uh, and, 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 that the success of an event is measured by the quality of the food. No, yeah. we have to measure the effect of, of our meetings and events in a different way. Looking back at what our objectives were and being able to quantify that and to measure that and to deliver on formats to, 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 to grow that. So that's, that's, it. and I think, you know, we are notoriously slow learners in the industry. So that's probably the biggest challenge. I don't think budget is the challenge. So I know also firsthand uh, but also from our from our clients that budget uh, everybody is sort of investing more than they're bringing in or at least they have been 
Um, so yeah, budget of course are affected, but we're seeing that online events on our platform attract about three times more people. Mm. And we see our clients experimenting with their business models as well. Let's just look at the attendee fee. Some are free of charge, but I think on average they are charging maybe a third to 50% of, of, the, of the regular fees. Well, if you get three times more people, you have the same or maybe even more revenue bring in. And I think you have way less costs on the other side. You don't have to facilitate the, uh, the, the many of the things you would do in the live event. You would may have extra costs because you just you know are overwhelmed and have to have more staff or maybe offload some of the things to us to complement us for service. But once that balances out, we'll, I think we'll, all the tools are there to have a uh, um, a profitable uh, event from a client perspective. Uh, so I don't think budget is going to be the issue. I think it's really interesting that you 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 say that when it comes to. Um, the way that I guess events are being invested in right now and also sold right now. Like to me, some organizations might be over investing or investing in the wrong things, things that don't actually mean anything to the attendee or maybe even the sponsor more importantly, because that's what obviously, you know, 99.9% .9 of events either sell tickets and sponsorship or sponsorship and exhibition space. And I think where we see the value proposition right now at the moment in terms of what organizations are charging is because everybody's trying to work it out like what is the value that we bring what does roi look like is the value to attendees pure content is the is the value to ex exhibitors or sponsors pure lead generation or is it brand exposure impressions and and, and engagement with a community and how do we measure that value and also from the flip side, the attendee or the sponsor also is going through a period of, well, how much should I pay for this? What's too much? And also what's a steal? Like, you know, is, is, is a $300 online conference more valuable than a $100 conference? Is a, is an, in, from a sponsor, is, is an investing $2,000 better value than $5,000? Well, it all depends on what that's been what's being provided and in order for us to understand the value of what's being provided we also need to go through the experience right we also need to go through the process of maybe being an exhibitor at an event and understanding how that process works and differs from from a live event so i think at the moment the the massive differentiation when it comes to um, revenue is based on everybody's just trying to work it out right now like you know what a good investment is maybe on AdWords per click or what you should be spending on eShots or banners or PR or things like that. Like that, that all makes sense, right? But virtual events as a way to learn, but also to market yourself is, a, is really a brand new thing. It's, it's something that's only been around maybe for a couple of years in some sectors, but for the, for the entire industry of the last eight months. So I think, I think budget, um, I think budget might be something that, companies struggle to get signed off but i don't think it will be the thing that really determines the investment going forward because i think people will work out how to sell it and but also work out how to provide value um and therefore the the sales will come it's interesting that you say about about more people do you think that's the way that also organizers will will generally grow is by attracting a bigger audience i think that's 
So the massive opportunity here is that you can, and I think there's all the reasons to attract more people. Why? Because you're lowering the barrier to entry in mm -hmm. all ways. Like um, it's even if the registration fee is the same, it's much more affordable to participate in an online event than to fly and book hotel and yeah. all the costs of, of going for in person. Um, you also, I think right now, but also moving forward, remove the barrier to entry for people who are not comfortable flying now. And now with the lockdowns, you can't, but let's say the lockdowns will be released, um, then you may still not be comfortable traveling. Mm -hmm. um, you also are conscious of your time. So even though the event takes three days, you probably have to carve out five days of your agenda to yeah. participate in the event. Um, and you're not going to be at home in the evenings or you're not going to get perhaps uh, um, some of the work done that you otherwise would uh, in, in the mornings or I don't know. So all of those barriers to entries are gone for an mm -hmm. online event. And I'm not saying that uh, hooray, no more live events. What I said earlier about the, the value of an event being measured of a live event and the quality of the food, the quality of food is amazingly important for the experience. Yeah. So I guess it's about experience. You may still want, and I think that's also where hybrid comes in. You may still want to travel to some events because you value the experience on site with people in a different way than you value the experience online. I think event technology, our mission is to make sure that the experience online is fantastic. And it's, and then we can come back to the community vision, and it's not a separate community from those people who meet on site. My vision and my mission is really to have those people experience something differently, but still part of the same community. That's why we've built a one all-in-one platform where we came from a mobile app we've now developed all these streaming services and the online sort of browser uh, version of that and you can have meetings where someone is joining from their desktop their browser and the person on site is joining from their mm -hmm. phone and you have a, a video call together without having to exchange your phone number or email address because it's a built-in sort of one-to-one -one video streaming uh, meeting same with round table meetings or all of the sessions. Um, plus everything that happens when nobody is in person anymore and the event sort of takes place more across the year where you continue the conversations you've had in person online or where you follow up on some of the questions you had but didn't dare to ask during a, a, a session. You can follow up with the speaker afterwards much more uh, fluidly where you can catch up on the presentations that you've missed by viewing the recordings and not just viewing it as a TV show, but still with the same engagement elements, not live voting, but still Q and A yeah. and chat and contacting and appointments with people who also are interested or have attended that, that, that same presentation. And all of that means that all the barriers to entries are gonna be as low as possible. And it's ultimately up to the people, the individuals to decide, am I going to join this one online or in person? And why this is inclusive is that it no longer, it becomes a personal choice. Yeah. Not excluding people anymore because you say it's only in this location and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's in the Netherlands. Great. You see many Dutch people because it's easier to come, but you exclude many people across the world because it's just too costly to travel here. Um, you're removing that barrier to enter. So 
a few weeks, no, not a few weeks ago, last week we had a, a conference where we were providing support uh, also to the attendees. Uh, some attendees had a hard time signing on and they just needed a bit of support. And we were speaking with people in Nepal, Nigeria, Tunisia, wow. Australia. Uh, and it was fantastic to see that those people were able to join the, the event. And our platform is sort of uh, video streaming with, I think, uh, about at most uh, half a second latency. So everybody felt that they were part of the live experience and that live voting and live Q&A was really live. And you were not sort of only watching the sort of 10 seconds or 30 seconds yeah. delayed stream. So everybody felt they were part of it. Not to say that everything was perfect. I think there's um, like on our technology, I think we could make it still easier to have people sign in. They shouldn't even have to get our support to sign up and they should be doing that themselves. So we're learning all the time. Plus also the way the event was produced. I think sometimes we were, people were in a session waiting for the session to start, feeling pretty alone, yeah. feeling like, is it me? Is it started? Or I think there's so much production also that can be improved and, and, and everything. And that's why it's an incredible journey. It's about lowering the barrier to entry and increasing the engagement, making people feel like they're part of one experience, one community. That's our vision. And you know what's really interesting about your vision for that one community is for me, it's very apparent from what you've just said there, that the decision-making process on what your event looks like, how your event plays out, maybe even the venue and the destination that that event takes place in, in that year, becomes the decision of the community. And it's also a very beneficial way for an organiser pro to produce an event and to deliver an event, because there's no guesswork then. If your community saying, do you know what guys, we'd really love the event in the States today, Mexico's looking pretty nice this time of year, or maybe they want the, the community wants to go to Amsterdam because it's around the back end of the year and it's Christmas time and there's Oliballen and croquettes and all these kind of, you know, it, it becomes a way that I think what's really interesting about what you said is by providing a community platform with events, the community can get involved in the curation of that event across everything, even down to the food, mate, even, even back to like what's being served at lunch, right? Like that for me is a great way for me to feel a part of that community and to feel that I've been a part of the decision process of the event. And do you know what? If I don't get my favorite food, I know it's because everybody else has voted for the hamburger or the chicken or something like that. Like I understand the decision process, right? I'm involved. I understand how it's being produced. So that's I'm a really not interesting. I'm not sure if I agree with you here. I think we've been agreeing with each other all of the time. I think this could be nice, but I personally don't want to be bothered by having to vote for what kind of food I'd like. I would love to be surprised <laughs> and would trust the trust the skill set of of and the professionalism of the event planners to to be able to surprise me and delight me with that. Uh, so that but that's me, right? Yeah, but, very open I person. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. Um, but I would say community uh, could very well be that like the sourcing of ideas and, and of, of, of not just uh, the, the catering, but also maybe the program of which yeah. speakers to invite and things like that, get that. I think there's more than that. I think there's also the part where um, 
the, the, the community and the one, let's say the one annual event that's being organized for that community is basically, it's all in the hands of the conference organizer, the meeting planner, which I think to a big extent it, it should be. But if that's all the, that happens within that community in a year, that's not really, that doesn't be, turn it into an active community. I think, and then talking about curation, um, aside from those, let's say, key events um, in the year that, is, that are driven by the meeting planner, they could facilitate other types of meetings and knowledge exchange sessions to take place throughout the year without so much their involvement, maybe curating it to some extent, but facilitating people to have their smaller meetings on our platform as well. Um, we have um, all the tools for that. So people can meet one-on-one -on -one and in groups on our platform during the event, but they could just as well do that 365 days a year. Um, and I think that's meaningful and makes sense when, when the meetings you want to be having are about the topics that are foundational to that community. I don't think you would have your internal company meeting on the community platform that you so happen to all be a member of. No, but you would have those meetings on that community platform that you're a member of with others on the same subject. So if I'm understanding correctly, what you're suggesting there is that as an organizer, the infrastructure and the, the bigger picture stuff is curated and facilitated and planned and delivered. But then the community could use that same infrastructure to bring their own kind of maybe roundtables or meetups. Or, or is that what you're suggesting that the community could almost help to create yeah. their, curate their own content, but but deliver it off the backbone of the infrastructure that the organizers put in place? That's certainly possible. And I think to some extent that is really uh, part of my vision. I know this won't mm -hmm. work for all our clients, but for some it will definitely work. For many it will definitely work um, because it's ultimately, and that's I think coming back to the objective, it's ultimately their objective mm -hmm. to represent and facilitate a, a certain community around, for instance, cardiology or or uh, whatever, whatever subject. And they uh, would do good, I think, to discover and realize what their place is. Like their skill set is to organize this fantastic event that delights and surprises people and uh, facilitate more other meetings going through throughout the year between the industry and the attendees, between also speakers and, and, and chairs and the, and the uh, attendees, for instance, to uh, curate part of the process of, of delivering on an, on an event program is the is the curation of all the abstracts and and the, and the presentations that are being submitted for review and then hopefully selecting, being able to select them, uh, be selected for, for part of the program. All of that I think can be equally part of the of the community platform that we deliver. There's no reason not to do that. The technology is there. You can create sort of private events only for a dedicated group, uh, all signing in with the same user account that they have been doing at the event. So building on the network that they have, continuing conversations, discovering more that there is to discover. Also because our platform learns and understands more about what you're interested in. Mm. So I think that's also moving forward um, for uh, not for one-off people, for organizations who are mission is to just organize a one-off event. It's not gonna, I guess, cut it. But for those organizations that are owning that community and 
really have the objective to facilitate them to grow, that's definitely uh, uh, part of our vision. It sounds to me, mate, we're in agreement that essentially the opportunity that the industry now has going forward is huge. Um, the way that those events will play out and the way that people will drive business, community engagement will all be different. However, it will all have very much some similarities in terms of technology will play a key role in supporting that community. It needs some good infrastructure, doesn't it, for people to be able to easily access, connect and, and learn. You know, that, that's, that's very, very clear. Um, technology will play, play a huge part in the mechanism of true global communities and, and digital events. That's, that's really clear. My one final question for you is what makes conference conference different? You know, when I look at the hundreds, if not thousands of event technology companies out there now, um, and this isn't, a, this isn't a, a negative point, but clearly there's a, a, a set of features and requirements that most events need. So on paper, it can look very, like one company is very similar to another um, in terms of feature sets. What makes conference conference different, do you think, to some of the other counterparts that might be out there? Why, why, would, a, why would an event organizer choose conference compass? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think three reasons. One is if you want to organize your event with the least possible effort, you want a platform that includes the whole experience as part of one platform. It's easy to set up with a click of a button, you import your program, you um, you create the virtual rooms, invite everybody, the speakers, the moderators, and they they can sign up with the same account, and it's just an easy experience. That's one. The second reason is hybrid. So we're now the world is virtual. We have a ten year experience in live events. The moment hybrid in whatever shape or form uh, starts happening, um, you need a platform that can cater to both types of attendees and speakers and so on. Uh, and and that means that the interface, the, the functionality needs to be mobile and, and, and browser-based and, and that, that's us. And that leads up to the next part, the, the third part, and that is that they should not feel, those people should not feel two separate experiences and mm. two separate communities. Perhaps even with like a maybe the live people being the first rate citizens and the, and the online people being the second rate citizens because they pay less or I don't know what. So no, this is one community and the platform should cater to them as one community. They should feel like they're part of the same experience, even though the interface to experience that event is, is different for their curator to, to the way to entrance. So community, one community and not just at the event, but also um, if you are not organizing a one-off event, but have the objective of, of bonding and engaging your community year-round, and that's the third main reason to come to us. So all-in-one platform, hybrid events, that's your vision, you're with us. And if you want to cater to your people as one community at the event and throughout the year, that's the third reason to come to us. I think, I think point two is a really interesting point, mate, and a very, very valid point that there are maybe mistakes being made right now with investing just in pure play virtual technology 
and ultimately you will have to change again if you want to transition back to physical and and have that unified experience because I would very much doubt, maybe some will, but I would very much doubt some of the, the, the ones that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. I have a vision of coming into the physical event space. So therefore that will mean reinvesting, relearning and that kind of stuff. So I think, I think point two is really interesting, but all, all, all valid, all valid points to, to, to invest in a company like with you. And from my experience and from what I've heard, it's the fact that you provide such great service. You know, that's clear from what you've been saying throughout this conversation as, as a way to support your customers, consult with them, the team that are event, ex-event planners or being in the industry and understand the exact things that their customers are going through. I think, I think understanding is so important. Jelma, thank you very much for coming on today. This has been a really interesting conversation for me. I'm sure we're going to get you back on in maybe six, 12 months and talk about community again, because I'm sure you are going to have some massive learnings and some really key information for our community, for our community. I'm going to cut a seat call on the community now um, to learn from as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to think that you know everything about events in your own little bubble and isolation, but companies like yourself are dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of events through the year. So the learning is, is even more so. But for anybody that wants to get in touch with you personally right now or, or check out Conference Compass and the resources that you guys have got, what's the best place to, to touch base with you? Check out our website uh, if you want to know more about our company uh, and, our, and our product. Obviously, we have a new website launched in, uh, in, uh, in September this year. So it's, I think it's a beautiful and you should really go and check it out, www.conferencecompass.com. Uh, to connect with me, LinkedIn is the best way. Connect with me and... Uh, or drop me an, an email at yelmer at conferencecompass.com for a meeting. Uh, I'm uh, so happy to share experiences. I'm, I'm open. I'm also not shy to share my worst fears and my big screw-ups. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me if you want to talk about the industry. And uh, I'm happy to, uh, to jump on a call. My, my biggest motto, mate, is it's okay to fail as long as you learn. You know, there's there's Definitely. no shame in failure, and as long as you learn and, and even impart that those learnings onto to other people, so they can avoid those mistakes, mate. So, again, thank you very much for coming on today. Um, I'm hoping the industry will connect up with you. Um, it's been a great conversation, and we'll catch you in the next one. We'll do. Thanks, Adam. Mm-hmm.